Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, violent clashes. Thousands of protesters storm Brazil's capital, bypassing barricades, invading offices and smashing windows, attempting to undermine that country's recent presidential election. The eerie similarities to January 6th here in the U.S. and how police were able to disperse that crowd. Then, remembering Adam Rich, we'll look back at the life of the Eight is Enough star, some of his most memorable moments on the show and the impact he had later in life. Plus, start today. We'll introduce you to a doctor who was able to achieve her health goals, shedding 100 pounds, the steps she took to lose that weight, and how she's helping others transform their lives. And what in the wordle? We're taking a look at the meteoric rise of the new daily ritual for millions and talking to the mastermind behind that popular guessing game today, Monday, January 9th, 2023. Traveled from Seattle because Lauren turns 23 today. Shout out to my mom who watches today every day. We love you. From Stacy, Minnesota. Hi, Dad. Hello, Denver, North Carolina. From Valdosta, Georgia. Go dogs. On a mother-daughter trip from Houston. Good morning to our three kids. Watching in Boynton Beach, Florida. On, On a girls, girls trip from Tampa to the Today Show. Ah, oh, morning everybody. Welcome back to today, Monday morning, January 9th, and it's nice to have you along with us. It is good to have you here. Uh, we've got a lot to get to, including a big interview coming your way because of this way. Oh, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. That's right. We've got the legendary Tom Hanks. We'll sit down with him. Two-time Oscar winner. He's got a heartwarming new movie. Of course, we can chat about his iconic career and his many passions away from Hollywood. We love talking to Tom Hanks. Can't wait to share that conversation with you tomorrow. He's okay. become like your bestie. Yeah. I mean, you and Tom are like... In, to- in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be like a one-sided thing, but yeah, it's always fun to catch up yeah. with him. Yeah. Let's get to your news at 8 o'clock this morning. Hundreds of people are under arrest in Brazil, where right-wing supporters of the country's ex-president stormed the Capitol yesterday, fueled by claims of a stolen election. NBC's Sam Brock is at the Brazilian consulate in Miami with the very latest on this. Sam, good morning. Yeah, Savannah, good morning. Look, the federal government is in control in Brazil right now. As you look over my shoulder, it's calm in front of the Brazilian consulate in Miami, contrasted with the chaos that erupted in Brasilia yesterday. There was just this sense, Savannah, talking to people who have covered Brazilian politics for years, of this inevitability that you are going to see a January 6th type event happen in Brazil. And originally, the thought process here is it was going to be September 7th on Brazil's Independence Day. If not then, then after the first round of voting in the recent presidential election, if not then, 
But after the second round of voting that saw Luis Inacio Lula da Silva or just Lula barely defeat Jair Bolsonaro, 51 to 49 percent. So what you're seeing on your screen right now did catch some off guard there. I'm told there wasn't a hint of disruption until suddenly this all played out. And certainly the parallels to January 6th are haunting and so evocative as you look at these images, Savannah. We saw people using as makeshift weapons barriers and metal poles to bust through windows, people storming not just the congressional building, but also the presidential palace and the Supreme Court, taking pictures and really soaking up the glory of what they were doing. So far, according to Brazilian officials, there have been somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 arrests and counting. They are vowing to bring all those to justice who took part in this event yesterday and also to try to figure out where the financing came to bus all these people to Brasilia from all over Brazil. Now, the other outstanding question as you look at this picture right now of former President Trump shaking Bolsonaro's hand is what's going to go on with extradition? Were there to be a situation here as Bolsonaro is reportedly in Florida at this moment facing several criminal proceedings from Brazil? Were there to be requests to extradite him? How would that play out as the United States does right now have a treaty with Brazil when it comes to extradition? It's just not clear how it would be applicable in this situation. Savannah. All right. Sam Brock for us. Thank you, Sam. President Biden arrived in Mexico City overnight for a two-day summit meeting with North American leaders. Yesterday, he made his first trip to the U.S.-Mexico border since taking office. His visit to El Paso included a walk along a stretch of the wall and discussions with border officials. Later, he visited a migrant service center. The president was greeted by Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who handed him a letter demanding that he enforce immigration laws. The Border Patrol says it stopped a record 2.6 million migrants from crossing illegally last year. Also this morning, we are remembering the life of actor Adam Rich. Television viewers knew him best as Nicholas, the youngest brother of the Bradford family in Eight is Enough. NBC's Ann Thompson is here with more on his career and his struggles as well. Ann, good morning. Good morning, Craig. Adam Rich's body was found Saturday at his home in the Brentwood section of Los Angeles. This morning, we don't know why Adam Rich died at 54 years old, but police say the cause of death is not considered to be suspicious. He was the scene-stealing little brother on Eight is Enough. Do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Uh, yes, I wanted to be Clark Gable. Who was he? America met Adam Rich at just eight years old, the youngest child of the Bradford clan. I bet nobody ever called you the baby of the family. Drink your milk. You'll grow up faster. (laughs) A little boy making a big impression on television audiences in the late 70s. Wow, thanks. His TV dad, Dick Van Patten, explained Rich's appeal on the Today Show in 2010. People loved Adam Rich. People were naming their newborn babies Nicholas, because, and they were cutting their children's hair the way Nicholas had his hair cut. He was a big hit on the show, and he was largely responsible for the show being such a big hit. That success would be hard to duplicate. Rich would go on to guest star on The Love Boat. Well, this must be Brian. Hi. Hi. I bet your head burns. Chips. Hey, Lewis, how loud can you yell surprise? Pretty loud, Punch. And Baywatch. Oh, hey, man, listen. Saturday night, having a party at my house. Be there, okay? Later in life, Rich would be outspoken about his struggles with depression, addiction, and eventually run-ins with the law. His publicist calling him a warrior in the fight against mental illness. On Twitter, Rich was a voice of encouragement to anyone struggling, celebrating seven years of sobriety, writing, don't ever give up. Let's go shoot some baskets. Come on. But to many, 
This is the Adam Rich they'll remember. Colleagues thinking about Rich the same way. This morning, his Eight is Enough co-star and longtime friend Betty Buckley telling NBC, he brought a lot of joy to all of us on the show and to our audiences. I will miss him greatly. An autopsy will determine his cause of death, but that autopsy has been deferred pending additional investigation. That's according to the L.A. County Coroner. All right. Ann Thompson for us this morning. Thank you, Ann. How about a little morning boost, kiddos? Uh, here we go. Connecticut high school senior Matthew Myslinski has cerebral palsy, but he uses that motivation and he refuses to limit his dreams. So get this. After applying to Harvard, Matthew and his twin sister Magda logged in to see if he got in. Here we go. Here we go. Updated. <laughs> it's been updated. It's updated. <laughs> what? What? No way. No way. No yes way. Yes way. Let the celebration begin, Matthew. He wants to major in biology. He thanked his teachers at the Woodstock Academy for encouraging him and his success. Oh, Is that not beautiful? Yes. Wow. I love Good that. Man. And I love sis right by yeah. his side. Hard to tell who's more excited. Way so to go, cute. Matthew. Coming up here on a Monday morning, history for Avatar's long-awaited sequel and big screen success for one very creepy doll. You remember this doll that was here last oh, week? Yeah. Carson's going to round up a very busy week. Weekend and profitable weekend in the box office. But first, we're going to get some unique perspective on the drama surrounding the royal family this morning. Patty Davis will be with us. She is, of course, Ronald Reagan's daughter. She had her own memoir. She wrote it, and now she says she's got some regrets about that and some advice for Prince Harry. We'll talk to Patty right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm sorry that me owning my story and being able to tell my own story is upsetting to some people. But I have to rely on the truth and I have done everything humanly possible in private for it not to get to this stage. But now I get to tell my story and as I said, Tom, yeah, none of this is intentionally to harm anyone in my family. 
And we're back with more from Prince Harry speaking out overnight, defending his decision to write that bombshell memoir that comes out tomorrow. Yeah, clearly there have been a lot of questions about this approach, and among them a woman who knows about growing up in the spotlight of a famous family, Ronald Reagan's daughter, Patty Davis. Decades after she herself wrote a book about her family, she's sharing her advice for the prince in a New York Times op-ed over the weekend. It's called Prince Harry and the Value of Silence. Patty, good morning. It's so good to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me. Well, Hoda and I were just totally captivated by your piece in the New York Times and your perspective, mm-hmm. because there are few people mm-hmm. who can really stand in those shoes. You yourself wrote a memoir way back when. Um, yeah. And, and Which we're not going to give the title of. No, we're not. And that's so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patty, you say you say, mm-hmm. I don't want to say the title. I, I'm done right. with that. I'm sorry I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And and you feel like Harry could learn I said something from that. I've written many books since. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll buy those. <laughs> yeah. So what is like what you you say you regret doing it. And what's your advice for Harry now? He, him having done something similar. Well, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, obviously, the it's very complicated growing up and feeling like you're living under this huge shadow, you know, and obviously the monarchy is a much bigger shadow than being part of the first family, but it's the same, it's the same thing. You know, you don't feel, um, you don't feel like you exist as an individual. You don't feel that you are taking up space. You don't feel that you matter. And it's human nature to want to feel that you matter. So you think, well, if I just sort of, you know, open the floodgates and tell everything and, and, you know, then I'll take up space, then, then I will matter, then they'll have to listen to me. The problem with that is the only thing that's taking up space is all the things that you're saying about other people, mm-hmm. you know, and like the clip that you just showed of Harry, the phrase that jumped out at me was my truth. As I said in this op-ed, that's a really narrow way of looking at things. And mm-hmm. and I did it too. You know, this is my truth. But the full story is other people's truths also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my suggestion in this op-ed was that silence and reflection is very, is very valuable. You know, to take a step back and try to look through a wider lens, look at the whole picture, get some insight that way, because it's a bigger picture than just your story. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of, I guess what's done is done. He put everything in writing. It was in the Netflix <laughs> documentary as well. But yeah. there's another piece here. You got to reconciliation and uh, Harry keeps talking about, I want to reconcile or I'm open to that. How would he possibly go about that given what's been going on? Well, I think the only way you do it is to change within yourself. As I said, the, the, you know, it requires some reflection. It requires some, some silence, some stepping back. And I mean, listen, you know, let, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. We, we never did become a, a, a close, cohesive family. But I think that's part of it. You have to accept what your family is, you know, and accept what your parents brought to the table. Um, I was struck in, I did watch his 60 Minutes interview last night. I was struck about his story of when his mother died and and his father had his hand on it, on Harry but didn't embrace him. Well, I'd like to know what Charles's story is with, with his father. I mean, where's that part of the story? Because, you know, he he... I'm sure would have wanted to be a more hands-on father. I'm not sure, but I mean, I suspect. And 
you know, that's part of the story too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You know, what's so interesting, Patty, is that I think you told our producer that almost immediately, like uh even during your book tour, you kind of regretted having written the book. How did you, what was the process like of coming to grips with that? And then coming, as Hoda was saying, to reconciliation. How did you get on that path to healing for yourself as well? You know, it was a lot of internal work. It was a lot of grief, really, yeah. to to accept that I had made a huge mistake and I'd made it publicly. I mean, it was like 40 years ago now, but it was brutal. Mm. I mean, it was, I, you know, I was like hated. I mean, I got death threats. It was, it was really, really brutal. And so there was some grief in there, but there was, I also really had to just go, do a lot of internal work for me it was a lot of spiritual work and um part of that i think was to accept that my family was what it was you know it was it was a fractured family it was never going to be um i don't know the brady bunch or something, you know? <laughs> probably they weren't even functional i don't know but <laughs> They seemed like they were. <laughs> no tell-alls on the Brady Bunch that yeah. we're aware. Yeah. Patty, like I said, I hope people read the op-ed mm-hmm. because I know that you took pains to be mm-hmm. very fair to all sides and to really be thoughtful mm-hmm. and introspective about the journey that Harry is on. So mm-hmm. thank you for thank coming you, in and sharing a little bit of that. Also should mention her latest book. Yeah. We will mention this one, Floating in the yes. Deep End. Yes, about being a caregiver for those with Alzheimer's, something, of course, you know much about. Patty, thank you. Thank you, you Patty. Oh, Thank right. you so much. 820. Let's turn now. Mr. Roker, get a check of the weather. Hey, hey good morning, guys. Good morning, everybody. We've got a nice crowd out here braving the chill. Let's show you what we're looking at for today. Uh, we can see, again, more rain out west, snow in the mountains. We've got a little wet weather making its way through the northeast and into New England. No big deal. Temperature-wise, we are going to see a warm-up in the southern plains, into the mid-plains. Chilly again through the northern plains and into the northeast as well. And then for today, above-average highs in the center of the country. Uh, some sunshine through the southeast. That heavy rain and wind continually pounding central northern California, the Pacific Northwest as well. Sunshine around the Great Lakes. All right, way to start the week. Best time of the day. Pop start. Yes. Yes. Back. All right, we're going to start today. We're going to take a look at the box office. You guys remember those creepy little makeup oh, yeah. robots mm-hmm. that were oh, here yeah. when you were interviewing Allison oh, Williams yeah. the other day? On the plaza. Well, this weekend, there they are. Those terrifying robot dolls were literally everywhere. The new tech horror from our sister company, Universal Pictures, killed it at the box office. Megan is now the first movie to open with more than $30 million in domestic sales during the first week of a new year since 2012. The thriller securing second place at the box office right behind Avatar, The Way of the Water of Water, according to Box Office Mojo. Less than one month since its debut, James Cameron's epic sequel has earned upwards of $1.7 billion Jeez. worldwide. That makes it currently the seventh highest grossing film of all time. Amazing. Those Next dolls, up, by the way, that's going to be the beginning of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, there's God. already oh. memes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, with yes. a weird dance. Like, yeah. what is that? It's that's a whole totally thing. Weird. Speaking of weird dance, Wednesday, <laughs> Megan isn't the only spooky girl on the internet <laughs> blowing up with a TikTok dance. Uh, when you can get ready for uh, more of the Adams Family's favorite daughter, because Wednesday's already been picked up for a second season less than two months since it started streaming. Netflix announcing Tim Burton's Wednesday will be back without hinting the premiere date just yet. The Jenna Ortega-led series has spent six weeks on Netflix's top ten chart with viewers tuning in 
over 100 million hours to watch that. Wow. Uh, next up, Golden Globes. Just one day until the big show. We have another pop star exclusive. We can officially announce the next lineup of presenters set to hand out those coveted trophies during Tuesday's ceremony. It's a long list. Let's get right to it. Starting off, Cole Hauser, oh, Rip. Rip Wheeler, whoa, whoa. Claire Danes, Glenn Powell, Harvey Guillen. And then we've got Henry Golding, Hillary Swank, Jay Ellis, Wednesday's Jenna oh. Ortega, as mentioned, plus Jennifer Coolidge, Jennifer Hudson, Letitia Wright. Oh. And last but certainly not least, Mo Brings Plenty, Regina Hall, and Salma Hayek-Pino. All <laughs> going to be presenting. Yeah. Wow. Fine. When you watch the Golden Globes, airing live coast to coast tomorrow, 8 p.m. right here on NBC and, of course, Peacock as well. Mm. And finally, Making Space, Hoda, today officially Let's kicks go. off season three of your hit podcast. The first two episodes are out now with guests Mel Robbins and Winona Judd. You can scan that QR code that's about to pop up on screen and start yeah. listening to it. But before you do, we've got a little sneak peek at Hoda's amazing conversation with motivational expert Mel Robbins. And during that chat, you might recall, Mel shared the one thing. Thing to change about your morning routine that will change your entire life. There's one habit that will change your life. Mm-hmm. Just one. And it is do not sleep with your phone. Mm-hmm. Because the one decision everybody makes that kills your productivity, kills your focus, tanks your mental health is before you get yourself right, you grab your phone and check in with the world. And that means you gave your most important commodity, your time and your attention, to things that don't matter. Mm. You are that is great advice. Isn't that good? That guilty great. as charged, oh, yeah. right? Before I, you even are focused on anything, before you've taken a, a My phone breath, is my alarm. I know. Get an, get an alarm. Get one of those cheap ones on Amazon. Yeah. That's what I did. It's not even bad news. I woke up yeah. today, grabbed my phone. First thing I did, yeah. saw that yeah. Aaron Rodgers blew that game last yeah. night. Yeah. I lost a bunch of money. I was already angry. <laughs> you started First the thing bad. I did. I should, I should have thrown that phone out the, the window. It's the phone's fault. Yeah. 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 The phone made you bet. That's yeah. right. Yeah. If I didn't have that phone, I wouldn't have had a seven-game party. You know what you need is the Making Space podcast to get yourself right. Yeah. Tune into the Making Space. I'm going to. You are? I'm going to. Okay, good. I want to see that. It's good for the But don't listen to it on your phone. Yeah. Right? No, I won't. Okay. Still ahead. Someone all Wordle fans will want to hear from the puzzle master at the Ooh. New York Times. She's the editor of the Wordle game. What's tomorrow's word? She'll never tell. Wordle master. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is 8.30. It's a Monday morning. Make sure they get on. Okay, cool. We got a nice crowd out here on a beautiful January the 9th. Happy that y'all came here today. What a fun group. Oh my gosh, awesome crowd. Hi guys. Fun people out. That's cute. Um, Okay, anybody out here make a resolution to lose weight? Seems like everyone does it around this time of year. Well, we've got some inspiration and some expert guidance. She's a doctor who lost more than 100 pounds herself, and she's got some good tips. Yeah, I will be taking notes. All right, (laughs) plus a fresh look at the game that took 2022 by storm, Wordle. We love it. We know millions of you do as well. Just ahead, we've got the first ever live interview with the New York Times Wordle editor. <laughs> you guys are geeking out. That's a great question. Oh, Wordle noodles are geeking yes, out. We, right. are, we have a lot are. of questions for Tracy. Uh, <laughs> coming up a little bit later, folks, Jacob Sobroff is here. He is going to share his trip to Grant Green Bay and iconic Lambeau Field to get the story behind the Packers' legendary touchdown celebration. It's called the Lambeau Leap. <laughs> Jacob even got to try the leap himself. Oh, okay. Oh, that. Hey, coming up on the third hour of today with the worst of winter still ahead, we're going to help everybody prepare home, yard, car, and we're going to take a page 
out of grandma's book. Oh, we wow. will explain. Okay. Okay. All right. Speaking of the weather, can we get a forecast? Why not? I'm here anyway. So <laughs> what we got going on for the week ahead, snow showers around the Great Lakes, above average temperatures, central of the country. Next storm comes into the west, and that's going to be a mess. Then as we move into the midweek period, we've got a more of that storm system making its way into the midsection of the country with snow showers in the Rockies, January warmth in the Gulf, more rain coming into the, uh, into the west, sunshine in the mid-Atlantic states. Then Thursday, rainy and snowy. Inland sections of New England, the Northeast, and the Great Lakes and the Ohio River Valley still active out west with sunshine from the plains down to the Gulf. And that is your latest weather. All right. Ladies. Got some dogs fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a It's Georgia fans already. Big game tonight. Yeah. Big national championship. Yes. Oh, my tonight. God. Deborah Roberts. Deborah Roberts and y'all, will be watching. Y'all, one more Roper. person. Come yeah. here. Just come here for this wonderful lady. What's your name? Joanne. And do you say you never miss? Never miss it. Watch it. Years and years and, and it's years. And it's your birthday, right? Right. Yeah, Happy same. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy tell birthday. tell us yeah. your name. Joanne. Joanne. Where you we from, love Joanne? you, Joanne. Waterloo, Illinois. We love you. Oh, Waterloo, represented. Love you. We oh, cool. Great crowd All right, here. coming up next, a doctor who overcame some health issues and a demanding work schedule, lost more than 100 pounds, did it in her 50s. How it can work for you, too. But first, this is today on M. Bye-bye. Well, welcome back this morning on our Start Today series, Some Inspiration, mm-hmm. a weight loss success story. For much of her life, Dr. Emmy Hosoda uh, struggled with weight. She reached 235 pounds after having children in her 30s. Well, now she is in her 50s, and Dr. Emmy decided to kick that weight off for good. She found the root cause of her weight gain, and following a holistic health plan, she's down to 135 pounds again, and she's embraced the philosophy at her practice in Washington State as well, helping patients find their why and then working to repair them inside and out. Dr. Emmy, it's good to see you. Good morning. It seems like your story's like a lot of folks. Uh, They have the same story. In your 30s, you, you put on a lot of weight, and then you lost that weight. But like a lot of people, it yo-yo, the, your diet, sure your, did. yeah, your weight went up and down. Tell us about that. So, you know, in my 30s, I um, had a child who was on the autism spectrum. I was working in a hospital mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. in a small town. And the weight came on, and, and I wasn't really, I was starving myself, exercising yeah. a lot, trying to lose it. And then finally, because of my son, I wouldn't do this for myself. I radically changed my diet. I went off sugar, gluten, dairy. Yeah. Uh, and I also had a friend who was teaching a class on low sugar eating, keeping your blood sugar stable. So I took that class, took a supplement, and the weight came off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But so it's interesting because we were talking about in the 30s, you said it was relatively yeah. easy to lose the weight. It was. Harder story in your 50s. Much harder. So what did you discover mm-hmm. that people can take away from this? So, you know, I think a lot of women struggle with excess weight as we go through, uh, you know, the change, mm-hmm. uh, the years leading up to menopause and yeah. menopause itself. And a lot of hormonal triggers go on. So there was a lot of unresolved issues the first time that I hadn't tackled so I had a hidden thyroid issue that didn't show up on regular thyroid testing. I had genetic issues, hormonal issues, uh, you know, leptin and insulin, which are hormones that have a lot to do with where your weight was, were out of balance. And so I had to find these things out and correct them. And you're a doctor. I mean, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a patient 
someone once say to me, like, you're 100 pounds overweight and you're giving me advice, you know, so it, that was hard. But, so, and that's what made me go back to the drawing board. So what do you do? Because some people do have these underlying kind of medical conditions, but, but somehow you dropped 100 pounds anyway. So what, how did you do it? So I, I fixed the issues that were going on with me. And one of the big issues was actually my intestinal health. And as mm-hmm. a kid, I had rheumatic fever and I'd taken years of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and fix that, you know, mm-hmm. do things that, that repaired that. Um, I had to um, test myself for my food sensitivities and food mm-hmm. allergies, remove those from my diet to reduce inflammation, correct my thyroid problem. I took supplements. I actually had to invent one for my uh, to normalize my leptin and insulin mm-hmm. levels. The ones on the market weren't really as good. So, you know, taking stock of that and also changing my mindset That's to think important. of myself as a fit person, mm-hmm. as a person who exercises every day. Um, I was still eating healthy. I, I hadn't changed that. And the weight still came on. And a lot of women are in that same boat. They're doing everything. Yeah, you're exercising. You're not eating much and you're still gaining weight. And you're still gaining weight. And to them, I would say, advocate for yourself. Look for what's going on and, you know, really figure out what it is that's keeping you from being at the body composition that you want, because all of us would be at our ideal body composition if we could help it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and so many people try hard. I have people comment, a lot of younger uh, men who are personal mm-hmm. trainers always say, just eat less and exercise more, but they're not seeing women in their 40s, 50s. And yeah, 60s. They don't that's know. not always right. the case. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. You really focus on sugar and yes. sugar intake and sugar can actually sort of hide in plain sight in a Absolutely. lot of foods. It can, and sugar can really mess up our hormonal balance and our intestinal health both. So it's the double whammy. Mm-hmm. And it is in a lot of foods. And unfortunately, the you know low-fat crazes of the 70s actually really increase sugar in our diet. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that then can creep in a lot. Yeah. What does magnesium have to do with anything? Yeah. So magnesium actually really helps. <laughs> so I'm going to sugar. go buy some right yeah. after this. Yeah. <laughs> with sugar cravings. Oh. Uh, but you want to be careful of the kind of magnesium that you yeah. choose. So on TikTok and on Instagram, I actually have some videos about what types of magnesium you might want to choose depending on what issues you're facing. Like if you have, you know, issues with uh, regularity, you'll want to choose a different magnesium. And you say weight-bearing exercises are the good ones because sometimes you forget about lifting weights. Yes. And that was actually one of the radical changes I made. I was always aerobicizing myself to death. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And now uh, one of the big parts of my workout is is lifting. And while I retired from working in the hospital and the ICU for the most part in 2021, so now I wake up at 4 a.m. and do it. But back then I would just do it as much as I could. And to women out there who have stressful jobs, I just want to say, Put yourself first. Make time for yourself. Put your own oxygen mask mm-hmm. on first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Dr. Emmy, thank, oh, you. thank you. Dr. Emmy, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It'll inspire a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Just so ahead, much. guys, the woman behind the fun and, yes, sometimes the frustration felt by millions of us every day, the New York Times Wordle Master is right here. We cannot wait to pick her brain. But first, this is Today on NBC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. 
Welcome back. There aren't many things that have the power to bring together millions of people, but last year, a simple puzzle game did just that. Yeah, Wordle. It quickly became a household name, tasking players with figuring out that day's five-letter word. And this morning, we are joined by the New York Times Wordle editor, first ever Wordle editor. We're going to talk to her in just a moment. But first, a look at the game's rise to fame. What's a five-letter word to describe the rise of puzzle game Wordle? Rapid? Swift? Quick? Take your pick, because not only did the puzzle game absolutely blow up in 2022, it was also Google's most searched word of the year, players making it a part of their daily routine. Every morning, or uh, if I stay up till midnight. For the uninitiated, Wordle is the game that tasks you with guessing a five-letter word in six turns or less. A yellow tile means the letter appears in the word, but not in that spot. And green means the right letter is in the right place. Could there still be another A in this word, though? First created in 2021 by a software engineer named Josh Wardle for his significant other, it soon went viral, drawing in millions of players a day. Users posting their green and yellow bricked Wordle results on social media. Then, in January 2022, the New York Times swooped in and bought the game for a reported seven figures. But shortly after the Times acquisition came the accusations that the game was made more difficult. What do you guys think? I think it has. I think it has. has. I I really do. But Jonathan McKnight, the general manager of games for the New York Times, told us that wasn't the case. Did the New York Times make Wordle harder? No, we did not make Wordle harder, categorically. I'm, I'm happy and here to say that. The newspaper even partnering with Hasbro for a Wordle board game, hoping to bring in new players. And in November, the Times' biggest move yet, naming an official editor for Wordle. Tracy Bennett now curates the word list and delights, or frustrates, tens of millions of players a day. What's a five-letter word for pressure? <laughs> Tracy Bennett. Tracy, a five-letter word, your first name. That's a perfect. You're the Wordle editor. Congratulations. Thank you. Hi, Tracy. Good morning. So what's the hardest part of your job? Well, I think um, the hardest part of the job is doing the research on the words, mm. um, making sure that they are, um, you know, good for solvers to solve yeah. and not too obscure or too hard to solve in six guesses. When do you, like today's 569. When, when did you pick 569? Yesterday? About six weeks ago. Oh, so that I'm far out. about six weeks What do you mean ahead. 569? That's the word today. No, that's number the 569. Number. Oh, okay. The number yeah. of the puzzles that yeah. you've had. Yeah. I was like, you're not, that's not the word. What's well, oh, the okay. number of puzzles that have run in Wordle? Since. Gotcha. Okay. Now, well, let's just get to it. Some people think it was harder when the Times bought no. it. You said you're still using the original word list that yes. Josh Wordle was using, the inventor of Wordle. That's correct. He set up a a list of words that would go through 2027. But in November, you you guys lost the the plurality, right? No, it doesn't end in S or ES. Um, No, that was always the case. That was one of the rules? That That was was always the case. Except like geese. Right, or fungi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like fungi. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so we have a lot of questions. By the way, we... We're in a Wordle group. We're in a Wordle group together. I've named it Wordle Nerdles. It's with your wife. Bingo. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Siri. Just finished hers. Yeah, so we're really, really into this. So do you think that we should start every day with the same word? That's a great question. A lot of people do, but I think it's also fun to be whimsical. Yeah. I like being whimsical in my guesses. Do you do the first what, same I do, guess yeah, every day? Yeah, I do, too. R-O-A-T-E. What is the... What R-O-A-T-E? Is, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you never heard that? I think it's on the list of like popular first words. Well, um. I think adieu, yeah. the French word adieu for goodbye, is yeah. the most popular. A lot of what people does the do average ocean. person get a wordle in? What is their um, number? It's par four, if, to use golf terminology. It's par four. Yeah. Par so four, four, so is four about, guesses right. is about the average. Yeah. I feel that's all right. We're usually at like four. 
if it's five or six, we hold our heads. Is in there shade. easy mode and hard mode? Is that true? Yes. So, I didn't know that. Right. Wait, what? Today's word, which I won't blow for people, in hard mode, it was 4.9 was the average. In easy mode, it was 3.8. Today's oh. word, which I thought was a difficult word. How did you know about the averages? I read it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> research, Tracy. I do my research. That's good. Okay, so you mentioned a good word or word is not too obscure. But right. let me ask you, that, this is probably a dumb question, but I've often wondered, aren't you going to run out of five-letter yeah. words at some point? I mean, there is a universe of five-letter words that are wordle appropriate. That is not a dumb right. question. Right. I think before 2027, it's possibly a good idea to put the old words back in and stir the pot. Yes, so I that, agree. Um, otherwise, you'll get... Fewer and fewer words that you'll you know what already ran. Tracy, use your power for evil. Like somebody <laughs> yeah. cuts you off in the market and you're like, you know what, tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to make America go crazy. I'm going to pick a word that starts Well, because I'm X. working six weeks ahead, it would be a really slow burn. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> but what do you, I mean, what do you consider a hard wordle? Do you consider a, a word that's off the beaten path, not a, a, a very common word? Or is it the word that is kind of co- common that's harder for people. Right. So there are both categories. There's a word that people haven't recognized, like P-A-R-E-R, parer. Yeah, right. parer. I say. didn't like it when you did that. A one. lot of people disliked that entry. What about the themes? Like during Thanksgiving oh, yeah. or Christmas, you would have yeah. a word that uh, yes. like feast. So on, or... thanks, on Thanksgiving, I ran the word feast, and some people liked it. I and, loved it. Yeah, and some people didn't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, wordle lovers are passionate people. They are. Yeah. I mean, how do you like that? It, I, I mean, like it. I think it's a good thing for the game that people are passionate and that words matter. But now that you've been right. on the Today Show, yes. now it's all, now they know you. You're yes. be the world yes. lady. They're going to yes. just drive you nuts. Just real quick before, two quick things. Do you think the New York Times will ever charge for Wordle? I have no way of knowing, but not anytime soon. Okay. And then um, I forgot my second question. That was a good question. Okay, I'd end on that one. <laughs> okay, good. Tracy, oh, oh will you ever birthday. make it more than once a day? That was the other thing I wanted to know. Because I like the um, fact that you can only do it once a day for 24-hour period and you can't get obsessed with it. I think that's it. part of the beauty of the game is I, that it's only once What is your sister's name? Cinda. Cinda. Happy birthday, Cinda. Happy Cinda's, birthday. Cinda's birthday today. Tracy, yeah. thanks so much. Happy Thank birthday, you. Congratulations. Cinda. Good luck. All right. Wordling. Thank uh, you. Up next, we're going to take you inside another game. It's called the NFL. Jacob Silveroff is here sharing a first-hand look at the story behind one of the league's most iconic celebrations. We know it as the Lambo Leap. But first, this is today on NBC. We're back now. It is 8.51 with our series taking you behind the scenes of the NFL. It's been a really cool series all season. So the Lions dashed the Packers' hopes of a playoff spot last night. And while we did not see one of the league's most recognizable touchdown celebrations, this guy, Jacob Sobron, <laughs> he recently traveled to Green Bay to get the story behind one of the most epic touchdown celebrations in the yeah. NFL. Very exciting assignment. Almost as exciting as sitting on the couch with you, Mr. Roker. Oh, thank you. Good to see you, sir. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is all about the Lambeau Leap. I didn't know anything about the Lambeau Leap, to be totally honest with you. But 30 years ago, the Green Bay Packers were playing the Raiders at Lambeau Field. Leroy Butler caused a fumble. He ran the ball 25 yards for a touchdown. What came next is the stuff of football legend, the Lambeau Leap. Built in 1957, the storied Lambeau Field is one of the oldest stadiums in football. Many of the NFL's greatest have played for Green Bay. Bart Starr, Donald Driver, Brett Favre. And it was on Lambeau Field where one of the NFL's greatest traditions was launched. Literally. The Lambeau Leap. The Lambeau Leap. Leroy Butler played his entire career for Green Bay as a defensive safety. The Hall of Famer recorded 953 tackles 
38 interceptions and more than 20 sacks. But perhaps his greatest achievement came during the game against the Raiders in 1993. Walk me through the play, what happened? The Raiders threw a pass and I caused a fumble. Reggie White scoops the ball up. He's getting tackled and all of a sudden I'm running over there. I say he's not gonna allow the ball. Yes, he is. When you got the ball, before you yeah. scored. I'm thinking, oh, I gotta dance or something when I score. I got closer and I said, I'm gonna jump in this time. Now the fans probably were thinking, why isn't he stopping? It was one of the greatest moments in Packer history. Exactly, because it's with the fans. It's not me by myself. It was real. Yes, That's what you wanted in that moment. You wanted exactly. to be with the people. Yes. 30 years later, the Lambeau Leap is a rite of passage for any new Packers player, like wide receiver Randall Cobb, who joined Green Bay in 2011. Did you know about the Leap back then? I did. It always looked really cool. It seemed like a, a special place where a player got to have a moment with the fan base. I keep hearing over and over again, the fans, the fans, the fans. It's all about the fans. It wasn't me that scored. It was a team that scored. But, you know, we'd like to get the fans involved as well. It's a special part of Green Bay's franchise, that connection between the players and devoted fans. One of those fans is Dan Bino. He's been sitting in the front row for nearly every home game since 1965. What's it like to be here and to sit in the front row right past the end zone during the game? It's ecstatic. He's coming at you and you have your arms wide open for him. It's, it's just another level. Being there, I wanted to get in on the action. No pressure. A six-foot-high wall, if you don't jump high enough, you might not make it over. Potentially embarrassing yourself in front of 80,000 screaming fans. So Leroy offered to show me how it's done. I started here. Okay, about at the 20. Yes, but I'm going to put you about here, close <laughs> to the people. <laughs> no turning back once you get no, here. Oh, you're going to make your wife and family so proud. <laughs> Take one of 25. You're only going to see this on today's show, baby! A big six. Here he comes. My Woo! first attempt didn't go as planned. But with my coach's support, this might be the most difficult assignment I've ever had. There's no failure, Jake. And some stretching. Here he goes. Here he goes. Sitting on the wall where so many NFL greats have leapt before me, I got to be a part of Lambo history. First time somebody did the leap in jeans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Taking the Lambo leap to new heights. The yeah, most humble uh, assignment. Uh, 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 assignment I've ever been a part of. And in skinny oh, jeans. So cool. In skinny oh, jeans. Oh, the skinny jeans was the hardest part. He said, what are you doing in skinny yeah. jeans? I said, you got to have the hips to look. No, not breathable Great at stuff. all. Well done, Jacob. Awesome. Nice work. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.